Put industry leading, difference making, and tomorrow shaping on your to-do list. Explore Deloitte Technology Careers at Deloitte.com slash tech careers and engineer your future at Deloitte. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Okay, we are live. I'm going to let the stream stabilize, make sure we're good. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, as always, my partner in crime, fresh off uh, a day off in the podcast. And, Zach, just like last week, we <laughs> Never- take Tuesday, you know, Tuesday's always our day off. That's when Elway and Fangio speak last week at the Combine. This week, it's the A.J. Bouye trade. Man, we're just uh, we're, we're striking out these last two weeks. Yeah, we've picked bad time to, uh, as the quote goes, stop sniffing bath salts, Chad. <laughs> Not potting for one day out of the week. But, you know, it's uh, it's encouraging. Like we talked about on the previous pod, the last one we did, there's a big offseason coming. I felt a big trade was coming, and the Broncos are kicking off free agency with massive fireworks. They sure are. They sure are. And even though we had heard buzz and inkling on uh, A.J. Bouye, you know, it's one of those things where you believe it when you see it when it comes to trades. Right. Trades have, you know, there was a period there where it was almost no trades in the NFL, very few. And then the last couple of years, they've started picking up again. And John Elway has shown a penchant and a willingness to, to trade both in and out significantly post Super Bowl 50, which is really interesting to see. So, guys, we're going to talk about AJ Bouye. We're going to talk about kind of what this means for the Byron Jones sweepstakes, what this means for the cornerback position. Are the Broncos done bolstering that unit? We're going to get to all that tonight, plus whatever's on your guys' mind, of course. First, though, just a couple of really, really quick matters of business. Make sure y'all are following the show on Twitter, at HuddleUpPod. As you know, simply the best way to keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening with the show in real time, and then to ensure you're getting up to the second updates on your Denver Broncos, breaking news and analysis in real time. Make sure you're following Mile High Huddle also on Twitter. And then get some time, an organic way to support the show. Head on over to huddleuppod.com. Not huddleuppodcast, huddleuppod.com, and get yourself one of these hats. Get yourself one of these shirts. Get yourself a hoodie. Whatever your fancy Go grab one. It's an organic way to support the show. And just make sure that once you do, you, you uh, email, tweet, message, whatever, DM us a selfie where you're rocking that gear, and we will share it out, give you some love, give you a shout-out on Mile High Huddle social media. So take care of that business. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Put industry leading, difference-making, and tomorrow shaping on your to-do list. Explore Deloitte Technology Careers at Deloitte.com slash tech careers and engineer your future at Deloitte. Getting that just right temperature. 
or getting an energy-efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today, it's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy-efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com slash rebates. All right, Zach, first and foremost, Nick and Carl did a great job breaking down the trade yesterday. They podcasted for like over an hour. Great, great episode. Our listeners haven't heard from us yet on the AJ Bouye trade. What was your gut reaction when you heard the news? Uh, I, I mostly like it. I'm not going to say I don't like the trade. Like I told you off camera chat, it's better than the last person that Brock was traded a fourth round pick for last year. It, it filled a major need. You got a starting cornerback for a fourth round draft pick. This was a elite, you know, all pro pro bowl player. Just a few seasons ago, he had a bad down 2019, but so did Chris Harris jr. He's cheaper than Byron Jones. He's cheaper than Chris Harris jr. He fits Fangio's scheme. He he's, he's from that system. He wanted to come to Denver. He's not way overpriced at 13 million. I just, I would have preferred I'm playing devil's advocate. Like I usually do. The Broncos spend a few million more, save the draft pick and get Byron Jones, who to me is just a better cornerback, a better player overall defensive player, even though the interceptions don't come with Byron Jones, that's where Bouye kind of thrives. That was my first inclination is to think that I'd rather have Byron Jones, but to give up only a fourth for a guy that was a really good cornerback a few years ago, you could do a lot worse. I think Elway's being shrewd, but it's not the last move coming either, Chad. Hmm. You know, first and foremost, I do like the move. As we've talked about on the podcast before, I was a little bit more partial to Darius Slay as a potential trade target than I was A.J. Bouye. So getting that out of the way, though, it didn't mean I didn't like the possibility or the prospect of the Broncos going after Bouye. But he had a down year last year, and you don't know what to exactly attribute that to without really breaking down the film, which I have not had a chance to do yet. But is it the D-line? Is it the talent around him? Was it the scheme? Was it just kind of the overall slumping vibe of the Jacksonville Jaguars? Or was he regressing? What was going on there? He was the 75th or no, what was he? I don't know. Ridiculously low ranked corner, according to pro football focus last year. Now I'm willing to throw that out the window because I've seen him play at an extremely high level. You don't even have to go as far back as 2017, his one pro bowl year. I mean, his last year, especially in Houston, which was 2016, 2017, he was very, very good. Obviously pro bowl, six interceptions, Uh, 2018, Solid. This last year, solid. Nothing to write home about. What I'm hanging my hat on, Zach, in regards to this trade being a good trade for the Broncos was not only the compensation. I mean, to get a number one caliber corner for the cost of a fourth round pick is phenomenal. But I'm looking at the fit. Vic Fangio has been hot on this dude's trail dating back three years. He's been trying to get A.J. Bouye in his scheme. He's a big believer that A.J. is the right fit to be his number one in this system. And I'm willing to say, look, Vic knows what he's talking about. Let's let's project A.J. Bouye with a turnaround year. And you know what? The other silver lining to this, by the way, we, we don't know yet if there's going to be any kind of new deal that comes with this. That remains in – I haven't heard anything, but it could happen. But even if there isn't, Zach, he's on the hook for two more years on his deal, $13 million base salary. Neither year is fully guaranteed. So the Broncos, you know, ostensibly in a worst-case scenario – They could rent him for 2020, and if he doesn't crush it, if he doesn't live up to Fangio and Donatel's high expectations, you move on the next year. 
Yeah, I, I like it. Like I said, it's cheaper than a Byron Jones would have been or Chris Harris Jr. Those guys are going to kind of reset the cornerback market, and you're getting a starting caliber corner probably – Maybe not an, a, a solid number one guy at in this point of his career, Chad, but definitely an above average, very, very good number two guy to have. And you have Bryce Callahan back there. You'll make another move, I think, for Amuka Mara or someone on the free agent market. You can use it in through the draft. There are They still have to do more work in the secondary. My only thing was giving up a draft pick for a guy that Jaguars were probably going to cut anyway and taking on that guy and his $13 million salary cap hit, which the Broncos, for now, will be paying him. I, I I like the trade. I think it's good. If they can use the money they save and apply it to other players like a Showbird or anyone else they can bring in on the open, Corey Littleton, um, DJ Reader, if they can use the money they save from not getting Byron Jones to supplement that with another defensive move, I would give this trade an A. Right now, for me, it's a B, though. Yeah, I mean, I would I would give it a B. Mm, B plus. B plus. And one thing, too, that's interesting, I want to give credit to Eric Trickle on is – you know, Mike Kliss came out, whatever it was, two weeks, three weeks ago, somewhere about two, three weeks ago, saying that don't be surprised if the Broncos explore a trade for either Darius Slay or A.J. Bouye, right? In a perfect world, this is what he would like to see happen. And I'm sure that was based on educated information he was getting from his sources at Dove Valley. To Eric Trickle's credit, he had the Bron- connected A.J. Bouye to the Broncos as early as very early January talking about keep an eye on Jacksonville, keep an eye specifically on Calais Campbell and A.J. Bouye because they're rumored to be, from what he was hearing from his sources, cap casualties potentially. And um, it just worked out that way. And A.J. Bouye, you know, we'll see how it shakes out. The question now, though, Zach, is where does that leave the Broncos? Let's diagnose this thing for now. You've got A.J. Bouye as your starter or one of your starters. Then it kind of drops off a cliff you can say Bryce Callahan. He's your outside corner on first and second Bryce down. Bryce Callahan. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. First and second down. In nickel packages, he moves inside. Then who comes up? If you had to play football today, um, Isaac Yadam? Is it Devontae mm. Harris? Is it Duke Dawson? Who is it? I don't love that next collection. I think they need right. to make one more move in free agency in order to really solidify and remove cornerback. And by the way, Mile High – uh, six sports up in Canada. Appreciate your donation. Thank that you. means a lot to us. Appreciate you. It's good to see you. They need to make one more move. Now, a lot of fans, Zach, they've had their heart broken because, you know, as much as they might like the AJ Bouye trade, word on the street coming from Benjamin Albright, insider as plugged into Denver as anybody, is that this takes them out of the Byron Jones sweepstakes. We've heard from multiple sources that it doesn't remove Chris Harris from the Broncos' possibilities, but Chris Harris might have removed the Broncos. From <laughs> yeah. yeah. But also, Prince of Mukamara. What do you think is the best solution for the Broncos to make that one more move to completely eliminate corner as a roster hole? I mean, they always needed two cornerbacks, so I preferred Byron Jones and Amukamara, but I could, I guess, settle for A.J. Boye, and you get Amukamara. You don't have to give up a draft pick. He won't take a huge contract, Chad. You can get him on a mid-level deal. He knows Fangio. He'd want to, I think, come back and play for him and have a, a more familiar system around him than he had with Chuck Pagano. I would like that. They need, and they probably can even draft a cornerback on top of that as well. I mean, they need multiple people in the secondary. You can't count on Callahan. You can't count on Yadam. Bosby's still up in the air right now. Duke Dawson is not one you want to really hang your hat on. So they need to make at least one more move. I think that's a Mukamara on the open market. And then in the draft, maybe not in the first round anymore if they take him out of that possibility, but in the third, fourth round, just add to that depth chart another cornerback. I don't see Chris Harris Jr. coming back at all now, though. Like you just mentioned, he burned that bridge with with kerosene. He just dumped on top of it, talking about 
the going to the Kansas City Chiefs, yeah, and having his agent talk to them. He's really hurt over this like a scorned ex, it seems like. He really wants to get back at the Broncos, and I wouldn't be surprised if he tried to stay within within the division and uh, play him twice a year. What was What's crazy is when the Bouye news broke, that story at milehighhuddle.com took off, of course, right? Breaking news, turned into fire. Within about, I think it was an hour, I had another story up covering Chris Harris's reaction to the A.J. Bouye <laughs> trade. And that has been the number one story on the site now, basically over 24 hours. It's just been yeah. cruising uh, in terms of it being a viral story. For those of you who missed it, um, I won't read it verbatim, but basically what happened is he congratulated in one tweet, he congratulated AJ Bouye and, you know, in his way, I guess, kind of welcoming him to Denver. And then a few tweets later, he's quote tweeting a response from Teron Matthew, the honey badger down in Kansas City saying who was saying basically i've always wanted to be able to play with chris harris jr man that would be so cool knowing that he's going to be a free agent right and harris responded something to the effect of as zach said have your agent call my agent let's get this done paraphrasing him here of course i don't i'm not going to pull it up but you get i'm just tired of chris harris jr to be honest with you the drama that has kind of come with him lately like he can't just keep a lid on it he can't i mean as good as he's been as a Bronco, look, dude, you're not Champ Bailey. Like, you're not sacrosanct. You're not untouchable. You're not, you know, impenetrable Chris Harris Jr. And going back and forth from the, you know, I'm the best slot corner. I want to play outside now. I never want to play slot again. And I'm, I'm craving, I'm demanding, put me on the outside. I want to follow the number one wide receiver too. Now he's complaining that they did that to him and made it sound like it was all their idea and he had nothing to do with it. <laughs> like just all this, I'm just tired of it, dude. And then the, the social media shots back and forth. I feel like this team kind of needs a, a baptism of sorts to kind of get that juju out of there. Whoa, whoa, Chad. It's not his fault though. It's never Chris Harris yeah. Jr.'s fault. Nothing he says or does is his fault. But yeah, he's kind of that that tainted old guard like Emmanuel Sanders was, where he's still a good player, but he's causing more trouble than he's worth in the locker room. He's ruffling a lot of feathers, and I, I don't see it at all coming back. Now he's gonna get probably thirteen to fifteen million dollars on the open market. The Broncos aren't gonna invest another big contract at the position. Byron Jones, Chris Harris Jr. are out now as far as I'm concerned. It's AJ Boye and maybe Prince of Mukamara at cornerback. And if it's not a Mukamara, keep an eye on Bashad Breeland. I think he could be a fit and a, a, a corner the Broncos could be oh, interested in. Yeah. But a Mukamara just makes too much sense, man. Even if you could get – especially, I should say, because you can probably get him – I mean, he knows at this stage with his age and relative performance from last year, he's not making $9 million plus like he did in Chicago last yeah. year. He's probably going to garner 6 to $7 million and maybe a little less if he really wants to reunite with Vic Fangio. He probably won't accept less than what Bryce Callahan got. So let's just say $7 million to bring him here, seven and a half. I would pay that. I would say, exactly. you know what, get him here. You've got a for sure number two corner in case Callahan doesn't come around or recover from this last foot surgery. And then if Callahan does, you've got three rock-solid corners, and you can build your defensive line in free agency. You can start making other moves in the draft. So that sets them up. And one other thing I wanted to get your thoughts on, Zach, and then we'll see what's on the minds of the listeners and our Super Chat superstars. Mike Kliss reported earlier today that, per sources, other teams were in on A.J. Bouye on the trade, but Bouye expressed a preference to be dealt to Denver, and Jaguars GM Dave Caldwell did him right by working out the deal with John Elway and Matt Russell. So this was one of those unique scenarios. I shouldn't say it's not too unique anymore, but it's a a situation where a veteran 
His team gave him a say on where he landed. He wanted to come to Denver, which is another reason why I like the trade. I do too. And a thing about one last thing about Amukamara, what's nice now is the Broncos don't have to wait until the legal tampering period or free agency to begin. Right. They can sign him right away, get that squared away, and go into the open market in the signing period looking to shore up other positions. But in terms of the Jaguars, I mean, their motive was to clear his salary off the books too. They were probably going to cut the guy. So to get another team to pick up $13 million, you know, for a fourth round pick isn't too bad. So um, I, uh, I like to trade all around for both sides. And I think for Denver, you can't hate on the starting caliber guy for a fourth round pick. And that salary is still less than what you pay, you know, the other people. Yep. Steven Baumgartner jumps in on uh, super chat with a $5 donation. Thank Appreciate you, Steve. Steve. He's trying to shift gears on us here. He says, Hey guys, not a football question. <laughs> Who is your favorite Marvel hero? Mine is Superman, or excuse me, Spider-Man. Excuse me, Steve. Um, you know, I'm not a huge Marvel guy. I do like those kind of, you know, I do like sci-fi epic type movies and stuff. I'm more of a Star Wars guy. So that being the case, that I'm not a fanatic when it comes to Marvel. My favorite, hands down, is the Guardians of the Galaxy. Probably Star-Lord, my favorite character, because it makes me laugh. And then followed by Ant-Man, because it also makes me laugh. <laughs> that's the actor too he's hilarious but um yeah. yeah i was never a big superhero guy or star wars guy i just like sports pretty much so my answer is pretty you know pretty bland i will say i love the transformers movies and uh if i had to pick one of the you know batman i, I thought dark knight with heath ledger was like the best batman to me in the series i know it's probably controversial i don't follow it too much but if i had to pick one it'd probably be batman for that performance all right Hey, he's not an expert, Steve. I know right now what you're saying to yourself is Batman's a DC character. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, okay. <laughs> this, this, is, this is a sports podcast. Cut us some slack, okay? I'm not a DC priest or, you know, Marvel priest, football That's priest. Right. That's right. That's right. All right. Let's see what else we got here, guys. We've been dying to talk to everybody here. Let's see what's cooking. Bear with me one sec. All right. All right. Here we go. Dylan. Super Chat Superstar jumps in. $10 on Super Chat. Thank, Thank you, Dylan. Dylan. You know, we love you, dog. He says, it's nice to see Elway being aggressive. Does it continue? Yes. Now, that doesn't mean, Zach, that I'm bold predicting, you know, boldly predicting Elway is going to continue to make trades, although I wouldn't rule it out at this point. And I'm going to say that again. I wouldn't rule it out that Elway makes more trades between now and, let's say, the draft or, the, let's say, the free agency, March 18th. But I think it's a harbinger, Zach, of the mindset and mind frame these guys are in. Look, dude, you had $70 million. Once you cut Flacco, it was $80 million. Now you shave 13 off of that for Bouye. But you have the ammunition. I mean, again, we're talking about – we're not talking about a team that really needs to be careful about how they apply their trade because – you know, they're so close and they're, you know, comp- they were a competitor. Li- no, dude, this is a team that hasn't made the playoffs since 2015. Swing away, Merrill. It's like the movie Signs. You guys remember that at the end? Swing away, Merrill. That's that's exactly <laughs> what j- the onus is on John Elway. So that on the free agent side, yes, he's going to be aggressive. Trade market, we'll see. And in the draft, I do expect him to be kind of keep that going, that that theme of of being aggressive and going for the guys he thinks can really make a difference today. It's $70 million at least, and you have 12 draft picks. You have a couple holes on defense you can fill right away. I mean, that's what Elway's working with. That's what we've prepped our listeners to look out for this offseason, Chad. This is a new Broncos time, a new Broncos culture here, and Elway recognizes that they have the franchise quarterback, they have the coaching staff in place. couple additions on the defensive side of the ball, and you're back in business going to the draft. 
looking for offense. So, yes, they're going to be aggressive. I, I don't foresee any other big trades coming until the draft necessarily, but they're going to look for players to add. Amukamara maybe for now on the open market. A lot of money to burn taking care of their own. So it's going to be a wild offseason, and I want you guys to buckle up right now. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy-efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy-efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com rebates. As an agribusiness expert with Alliant Energy and a farmer, I know how important it is to get the most out of your land. I know that also applies to getting the most out of how your farm uses energy. That's why Alliant Energy offers free farm energy assessments. With a farm energy assessment, someone like me will find all kinds of ways to help you save money and energy. We can even connect you with rebates to help make energy equipment upgrades even more affordable. Schedule your free assessment at AlliantEnergy.com slash Farm Energy Assessment. Mamet jumps in on YouTube, says one of the trade rumors was AJ Bouye, and it happened. The other one was Stefan Diggs. Do you think that can happen? He's one of those that's in the wind that it wouldn't surprise me if it happened. I'm not predicting it's going to happen. It's still in the wind. It's still in the pipeline, if you will. That one, and don't completely rule out the possibility of, nah, I don't actually, I think the I think the Darius Slay one, I think that ship has sailed with Bouye, but yeah, it's it's still possible. I've I've heard some rumblings. It, it's possible. I, I just personally think it's unlikely to happen to give up another draft pick and, and give up a massive contract for who I feel is not ideal for what the Broncos need in their number two guy, which is a pure speedster. Save the draft pick, save some money, get Henry Ruggs or CeeDee Lamb in the first round of the draft and go to work. Hunter with his uh, jumps in on Super Chat. Here's my daily orange hat love. It'll never end. It's coming, Hunter. I promise you. Uh, we appreciate your support. And when you get that orange hat, which again, it's coming, I promise. Show us. Got to update your profile pic, dog. Yep. All right. Let's see what What's Up 12 wants to know here. Do you guys think on YouTube we will get another corner in free agency? And if you do, who do you think we'll sign? I do think they've got one more move to make. And I'm not completely ruling out that that move might be bringing back Devontae Bosby, albeit not on an RFA tender, but re-signing him to like a one, two-year deal for uh, three. Three million bucks, something like that. But I do think the most likely is Bosby followed quickly by Amukamara. I agree with you. Right spot on, Chad. I think Amukamara and Bosby are two names that should be connected to the Broncos. They're no brainers to me. I'd, I'd bring them both in and just set your depth chart and not have to worry about it going into the rest of the free agent period or the draft. Those are two guys who can come in right away. Then you have a bunch of starting caliber corners after really having none on the depth chart. So I'm in favor of both those moves. Bring back Bosby. Bosby and and sign a Mukamara and then go to work with Fangio. Dude, it's not going to cost that much to get Bosby back here. So, <clears throat> I mean, if you can get both those deals done and you're the Denver Broncos and cornerback has been a glaring hole, man, you still don't know what you've got in Bryce Callahan, let's face it. So solve that problem. Get Devon if Devontae Bosby's your number four corner, you're in a mm-hmm. good position good as, as a defense. Yeah. Um Owen Hoff on YouTube. Could Muhammad talking about uh Kalfani Muhammad, could he be our number two running back? He showed a lot of potential last year in the preseason, or is his skill set too similar to Lindsay's, both small and explosive thoughts? Um, I don't think he's the answer. In fact, 
earlier, uh, it might have happened. No, we talked about this. We did talk about this on one of the last pods. According to Mike Kliss, the Broncos are looking at starter-type running backs in free agency, which yeah. I roll my eyes when I hear that because <laughs> paying any free agent running back, especially a starter-type, means you're, you're, you're competing at top of the market dollar figure, Zach, and it's just ill-advised for – for free agent running back. It's just, I, yeah. Plus what it means, the implications for Lindsay, let him be your guy. Even if it's for one more year, you're giving him one look as the dude in Shermer's offense. He deserves that as a back-to-back thousand yard rusher. Yeah, I agree with you. It's the same thing as having the backup quarterback. I don't want that guy to be a notable name who's going to take away shine or, or distract Philip Lindsay or make him look over his shoulder or make him seem like he's not the, the number one guy because he really is. In terms of Muhammad, though, there's a reason why they kept Booker on the 53 and there's a reason why they brought in Theo Riddick. They don't think that highly of uh, Muhammad. I think he's more of a fan favorite than he is a favorite in the eyes of the coaching staff, Chad. Plus, at this stage, we don't know, was he a Scangarello guy? Right. You know, was he uh, Curtis Modkins guy because if he is a Curtis Modkins guy he's got a chance to make some hay because his position coach is still around and if that's the guy pounding the table for him it remains to be seen what Pat Shermer thinks of him though and only time will tell Hunter uh, jumps back in he says hey messing with you guys I think this opens up the possibility of Joe Schobert more now like Nick and Carl said thoughts that's another interesting one we talked about briefly on one of the last pods of this week earlier is that the Cleveland Browns Joe Schobert's not returning to Cleveland, and the big reason why is he's looking for a max linebacker contract akin to the Quan Alexander and the C.J. Mosley's from last year. And I think this, you know, I mean, it just depends on how the Broncos end up wanting to, to prioritize those free agent dollars. I do think the vast majority of those dollars, Zach, are going to go on the defensive side. That's why they need to get clarity, though, first on their homegrown guys. We know right. Simmons is coming back, so you shave off at least another $12 million there. And you got to get Derek Wolf or and or Shelby Harris back, one of the two back, and then go out and see what you can get with you know what kind of deal you can come to with a Joe Schobert. And it also sounds like, for what it's worth, that uh, Danny Trevathan might end up sticking around in Chicago. Yeah, I, I'm fully on board with you there. Take care of your guys first. You know, pay Justin Simmons the rightful money he deserves. Lock down either Wolf or Shelby Harris, and then venture outside, and then see what you can do with inside linebacker. I, I just think Schober's going to price himself out of the Broncos' range. I don't think they're going to go above ten for that position. If they do end up cutting Todd Davis, it'll be a cost-cutting move. He's only making five, so they're going to really double a salary for an outside guy. And we both know that Vic Fangio and this coaching staff does not put an overarching emphasis on inside linebacker. I think that guy comes through the draft, or he's a lower level mid-tier signing. I would love Joe Schobert or Corey Littleton. I just I don't see it happening as a uh, as a probability. It's a possibility. The backup that played there, Kiwak Kiwakowski or whatever his name is in Chicago, he's a guy that I could see coming in because you're not looking at laying out a max contract to get him in Denver like you would with a Schobert. Right. So now don't get me wrong. I think Schobert is one of the better young linebackers in the league. He's not without his imperfections, but he's really good as a coverage linebacker. He would be excellent to pair with A.J. Johnson, which is why it wouldn't surprise me to see the Broncos go after him. But I just think, do you really want to pay top-of-the-market money on an off-ball linebacker, whereas you know Vic Fangio's scheme, it's really friendly to linebackers. You could get close to commensurate production from even Todd Davis at less than half the cost. But if you did go out and get Schobert, I think that would signal that Todd Davis is probably done in Denver for sure. But um, 
Terry Randall jumps in, $2 donation. Up in Canada, proven as always that Broncos country is not a geographic location, but a state of being. He says, rocking the shirt at work every Wednesday. Love it. Indeed, my dog. We appreciate you, you, Terry. Um, All right, let's see what else we got here. uh, Brian on YouTube says, Byron more than a few million more and more years contract. The Jags locker room was a dumpster fire. I give this trade a B plus. That's what I'm. That's where I'm at too, Brian. As far as my grade. Um, all right, let's see. Oh, Buana Beast, dude, rocking the profile pick like a true nice. OG. MHH OG. Schobert needs to get past the Browns, and I think we can really get him. He's definitely going to be attainable. He's if the Broncos want to make a run at him, they're going to get the chance. All indications are. And I'm not going to bat an eye. I'm not going to shed a tear if they go out and end up paying top-of-the-line money to get Schobert because it's a whole field. It's a it's a roster need currently next to Alexander Johnson. I think they can get by with Todd Davis. But if you want Fangio's defense to get back to the level it was Chicago circa 2018, you need that other dynamic linebacker. Let's see what Gary says. Gary, Chris uh, on YouTube, he says, Chris Harris Jr. shouldn't go to the Chiefs. Tyreek Hill can only break his will only twice a year now. Hill will break his will at least once a week if Harris goes to the Chiefs. (laughs) Hey, man, it sounds like the biggest players for Harris are going to be – well, there's there's quite a few options if you believe that one report from that dude in Dallas that claimed he talked to 75% of the teams in the NFL, (laughs) which I don't believe for what it's worth. Um, But it sounds like the Raiders, Chiefs are a possibility that seems like it's more in the mind of Harris as a possibility than necessarily coming from Kansas City and Philadelphia. Also, I know that it's picking up buzz, Zach, in Dallas, that there's mm-hmm. a possibility the Cowboys might go after him. Yeah, they need, they're going to have a big hole to fill with Byron Jones leaving, and uh, he is one name that's connected to him. And a reporter out in Denver, Calvin Watkins, did confirm that the uh, the Cowboys met with his reps at the Combine. So that I will throw in the uh, the New York Giants are a possibility for him. The, uh, the, lost, the Chargers, everyone who needs a cornerback in the division is going to try to sign Chris Harris Jr. But I think the Raiders and the Cowboys are two names to keep in mind, two teams to keep in mind. All right, Mr. Boggins jumps in on Super Chat. Appreciate you. Thank you. $5 donation. He says, hey, from Seattle, hashtag state of being, in the studio, making you guys a new intro for the pod. Oh, nice. Okay, let's hear that, dog. Send it our way, milehighhuddle at gmail.com. Also, who are the top three free agents we are targeting? All right, so Bouye, check that box off. I think <sighs> Reader. DJ Reader. Amukamara. Amukamara. It's got to be another corner. And um, Mike Remmers popped up on the old uh, offensive lineman. I'm not saying it's Mike Remmers, but he's a guy on the radar because of his Shermer fit. But does Mike Munchak like him? I don't know. We'll see. Uh, Those two, to me, are the most likely, Zach, DJ Reader and Prince Amukamara. But I would throw in some of the other defensive line guys, like the second tier and not necessarily in any descending order, but Javon Hargrave from Pittsburgh, Jordan Phillips in Buffalo. They have a few needs on the defensive line. Joe Schobert's up there, I think, still, but I just don't know. I've asked around. I've talked to people I know. No one really knows for sure yet how in on Schobert the Broncos are going to be. Fans and media have connected him to Denver, but it's unclear yet what what the team really feels about him. 
plus Kiatkowski, whatever his name is, Corey Littleton, a couple other inside linebacker names. That, I mean, the Broncos are going to target defense primarily until the draft, and they're going to fill some spots in the secondary. I think one more signing is coming there, one more acquisition, probably Mukamara. On the offensive side, maybe Taylor Gabriel for wide receiver for a burner, but the names that Chad and I mentioned, I think, are our, our new updated wish list for the open market. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy-efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy-efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com rebates. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Kyle echoing Zach and myself on Facebook saying, maybe I'm in the minority here, but I'm tired of hearing Chris Harris whine. Talk about going to the rivals just for the sake of making noise. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. I'm over him. Terry jumps back in on Super Chat up in Canada. Our dog, he says, I asked the BTB boys building the Broncos last night. What do you think about Drew Locke hanging with Peyton Manning at the Nuggets game on Sunday? Hashtag football priest, hashtag state of being. Zach, this was asked to us actually, I think it was on Sunday night's pod yeah. by Ariel, that at that Broncos dude on uh, on Twitter. And I hadn't seen it yet, but there are some pretty cool uh, GIFs going around and, and videos. I think if you look at the Broncos Twitter, you can check them out. Drew Locke getting love from the local uh, Denver fans there for the Nuggets game and then going down and introducing his girlfriend or fiance, whatever, to Peyton Manning and Peyton Manning's kids going up and getting pictures with Drew Locke. It seems like they're really forging a a bond and a relationship. And even Drew Locke said now uh, in a conversation with uh, Vic Lombardi of Altitude that he and Peyton Manning have had multiple long conversations on the phone now talking offseason. Yeah, on its face, it's not overly big. Two guys in the offseason going to a basketball game, but it's good for the community. It's good that, like I said in the last pod, it's good that Locke is involving himself in the Denver sports scene. But what I take out of that, reading a little deeper into it, it's not just having a phone conversation with Peyton Manning. It's going to games with him, being around him, picking his brain, staying on his hip. That's how the great ones get better. They want to learn. They have an insatiable desire to get better and to develop and progress in the NFL. I think that's what Drew Locke's doing. There's no downside to it. It's all encouraging. Drew, one of our Super Chat superstars, rocking the swag off the merch store, uh, huddleuppod.com, jumps in on Super Chat with a $30 donation. We love you, Drew. Thanks, bro. Thank you. Says, what's up? Sending this at a stoplight. Just want to flex my new swag. Appreciate you, Drew. Broncos country. Broncos country is the best. 
I wonder if he got a hoodie too. We can see the hat there. The hat's slick, don't you think? They look good, man. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they're nice quality. Nice quality. The stitching legit. But thanks, Drew. You know we appreciate you, brother. Aaron, good to see you on on uh, the stream, bro. He says home from work. Routine, a beer, and MHA. <laughs> Timing has been in my favor the last few pods. Enjoy, Cheers, Aaron. Boys. Yeah, it's good to see you, brother. Uh, all right, let's see what else we got here. Joseph. Wait, let me see. All right, Joseph on YouTube. Hey, what's up, guys? I just wanted to apologize for my comment the other night. I appreciate you guys answering my my comments. Still have the best show. Really apologize and thank you. I'm not sure what he's apologizing for, Zach. Does that ring a bell to you? It doesn't. It's all good, though. I mean, yeah, we don't we love you. It's all good, <laughs> no, dog. No ill will, no bad blood. None at all. We're glad you're here. Let's see what John says over on Facebook. He says, I think Denver made a huge mistake signing Kareem Jackson at 31 and playing him at safety. Should have played him at corner. Denver put Jackson and Denver put Jackson and AJ at corners and Simmons and maybe Parks or someone at safety and nickel or whatever. And that was something I was actually thinking about today while I was driving around in my car is, you know, at what point do they just say it's easier to find safeties than it is good cover corners for Fangio's scheme. Let's just put Kareem Jackson back at corner. Now you've got the three top spots covered in Bouye, Callahan, Jackson, and it doesn't even necessarily need to be Parks, but maybe you bring back Parks. If not, you got Trey Marshall. You find someone in the draft. It seems like, Zach, in today's NFL, it's just simply harder to get good cover guys, and especially in a complex zone-based scheme like Fangio's. You know what? I want to eat some crow now that we're on the topic. I thought when the Broncos signed Kareem Jackson, they should have played him at corner, and I didn't really like the move to safety, but he definitely proved me wrong. He had a huge resurgent bounce-back year, and him, Kareem Jackson, in tandem with Justin Simmons for the long-term at safety, that is a lethal secondary. The Broncos truly now with Boye, and and they have Callahan coming back, they bring back Bosby, adds it to it with the draft. They have the new no-fly zone secondary, for real this time. They have two great safeties, are adding to the cornerback group, so I like Jackson to safety. I I am not touching that. I am not fixing what is not broken, Chad. I do like him there too. And I was surprised at how good he was. Man, like that game against the was it the Jags? I think he was injured. And they ended up losing that one in the clutch once again to uh, Gardner Minshew. And that was the game that that Chubb went down. But if he would have been available for that game, the Broncos win that game. He's he would just by the time you got to week five and they're playing that, you know, that was the debut of Alexander Johnson as a starter on the road against the Chargers. You just realized he is an impact player, and he was a perfect fit. So, like you said, sometimes you don't want to fix what ain't broken. In that case, you know maybe you keep Kareem there, but it's something to consider. James Dean jumps in on Super Chat with a $5 donation. Appreciate you, James. He says, I wish Chris Harris would go to the Chiefs. He would both kill their cap space while getting burnt by us twice a year. We could beat the Chiefs with him there. Yeah, could you imagine Cortland Sutton battling him? I'd, I'd like Sutton's odds in that matchup, to be honest with you. Yeah, not much of a battle to me. I think uh, Cortland Sutton would owe him, owe, own him, and I think he would uh, regret instantly going to the Chiefs trying to get back at the Broncos. Let him go there. The Broncos will beat him. Kyle jumps in on Super Chat, one of our superstars, becoming a steadily becoming a Super Chat superstar. Appreciate you, Kyle. Thank you, Kyle. He says, I think he's scorned enough to take a discount, or do you think he's scorned enough to take a discount and go to the Chiefs? A discount? No. I think that right now... He's he's fronting and his own self-image reputation is important to him. Revenge, I think, though, is number three on the priority list for Chris Harris. First and foremost, it's that dollar dollar right. bill, y'all. Then it is maintaining his kind of you know star power wherever in the league, getting back to winning as part of that. 
third would be if I could stick a fork in the Broncos on my way out, that'd be nice. But remember, I mean, I'm not the only one that's connected Chris Harris Jr. to the ring of fame eventually, that he's qualified for that. Denver 7's Troy Rank had a nice tweet, very poignant kind of uh, emotional tweet, tipping his cap to Harris as if the Boye trade officially just closes the door on him coming back and talked about him being a ring of famer. So if, if Chris Harris wants to come back and be welcomed into the arms of the organization and put up for all time in the ring of fame, don't go sign with the Chiefs. Just don't do that. You can maybe get away with signing with the Raiders, but don't go <laughs> sign with the Chiefs. Yeah, he's, you're right, Chad. Money is his god. Money is his motive, and he's not going to take less money. And on the open market, I think he's the second best cornerback now behind Byron Jones, and he's going to get paid. He's going to get at least at least $13 million. Now, the only thing I can see it separating is he has an offer from the Chiefs worth fourteen, and he has an offer from another team, a lesser team, for fourteen five. Then I think he joined the Chiefs. He's still getting paid. He's still getting among the highest paid salaries in the NFL and gets a chance to join a Super Bowl champion, get back to the Broncos twice a year. But like Chad just broke down money is his number one objective he wants to be paid it's his last big splash on the open market he's looking to capitalize buana says where does elway rank when it comes to being a cheap gm it's not like uh it's not like the colts by the way buana beast you got a hat coming your way dog um i think we emailed back and forth right you know that so it's on the way it's in the air right now coming to you but elway is he has been stingy, and when he had Peyton Manning, Zach, he could afford to be stingy. I don't know where he ranks in terms of cheapness at the GM level, but he's been, I think, a little bit more willing to open up that wallet post-Super Bowl 50 because you just have to. If you don't have that magnetic franchise quarterback, you know, until the last five games of the 2019 season, they didn't have that. It's hard to get top-of-the-line free agents to come and, and sign it discounts or even current players to sign at discounts like Chris Harris in 2014. He's like, yeah, I'll take a little bit less because I'm happy to be in the league as a former college free agent, just three years removed from that. And Peyton Manning's my quarterback. We went to a Super Bowl last year. Albeit I was hurt, but we, our team, we went to a Super Bowl. Heck yeah. I'm taking a team discount. Same with Derek Wolf, but Zach, he's had to, he, he can't rest on those laurels anymore. John Elway has to compete financially. And I think you saw that last year and you'll see that again this year. Yeah, I was going to say, bookending his tenure since Super Bowl 50, I mean, he gave Von Miller the richest defensive contract in NFL history at the time. And last offseason, he gave Jawan James the richest right tackle contract in NFL history at the That's time. True. And he, in between, he's always gone out and signed Lyman. He signed Menelik Watts, and he's brought in Jared Valdir. He, he's made, he signed and taken care of his own. He even locked down Brandon McManus during the season. He is not afraid to spend money. It's just, I think he's just picked the wrong players to spend money on. That's his problem. Now, I think he's getting better at that. He has better advice around him. He's, he's trusting himself more as a GM, but I don't wouldn't call him stingy. I wouldn't call him cheap. He's shown a proclivity to spend and spend often at certain spots. That's true. I mean, how many GMs have set the market at two different positions? I don't know. I haven't done any research on that, but you're right. He did so with Vaughn and he did so again with Juwan James, which was very quickly broke by the Raiders, but nevertheless, uh, Jonathan wants to know, jumps in on super chat. Thanks for the Thank donation. You, Jonathan. Jonathan says, I love the hats, but would you consider fitted caps? We uh, have considered it, and it's not it's it's a possibility. It's just a matter of whether or not our fulfillment service, the the service we use the, to make this stuff and get it to you and ship it to you, fulfill whether or not that's available. We'll we'll do some research on it, John, and get back to you. Uh, Aaron jumps in on super chat. Appreciate you, Aaron. Thank you, Aaron. He says, I don't mind Harris leaving after all the drama. It's just a drag seeing him handle it this way after all the good he's done in Denver. On to the next. 
And I think, Aaron, that's a that's a sentiment that a lot of Broncos fans can agree with. It's just the business, though. I mean, it happened to Aqib Tlaib. It happened to Emmanuel Sanders last year. I mean, as good as you are, it's a business first and foremost in the NFL. And Elway has shown he might not be cheap. He not, might not be stingy, but he follows that to the letter of the law, the NFL being a business. He's not afraid to cut ties, not afraid to ship you out. And I think the players in the locker room have seen that over the years, and they know that can, it can happen to them as well and is happening to them right now. Is this Jeff Cohen? He did. I think yep. so. Yep. All right. Jumps in on Super Chat with a $5 donation. Hashtag football priest. I fixed my handle. Attaboy. What, it used to be Jay, right? Yeah. What other needs do the Broncos need to tackle in free agency? Do we go after the D-line, offensive tackle, and another corner? Hashtag state of being. Jeff, defensive line is... Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Is once, yeah, they, as we talked about already, Earlier in this episode, they need at least one more move at corner. And it doesn't have to be market setting going after Byron Jones, but whether it's a Prince of Mukamara, if it's a Devontae Bosby, it's a Bashad Breland, even if it's Chris Harris, they need one more move there. After that, Zach, I think offensive tackle, they're going to find a, a rotational swing guy yeah. something on the free agent market, second, third wave that can play guard, can play tackle, whether that's a Mike Remmers or maybe it's a swing interior guy like a BJ Finney. There are some guys out there, and I think they'll spend on the cheap there. Offensive tackle, though, they believe they have their starters, guys. It's not what you want to hear, but they believe they've got their starters for 2020. That doesn't preclude them from going that direction in the draft. But as far as filling immediate holes, they got who they believe is going to be their their bookend tackle duo. And then it becomes defensive line to me, Zach. 
Yeah, this is how I see the rest of free agency playing out for the Broncos. Add another cornerback like Amukamara, add a defensive lineman, an outside free agent like DJ Reader, maybe add a, a swing tackle or a swing guard like Chad mentioned, but take care of your own as well. Pay Justin Simmons, bring back Der- Derek Wolf or Shelby Harris, and then going into the draft, you're looking for a wide receiver, you're looking for more offensive line help, maybe another tight end, a running back. Take care of the defense now with, with a couple more mid to upper tier signings, then go into the draft looking for offense. That's why I see the next couple of weeks playing out. All right, guys, I want to make sure I, the stream did one of those things on me where it, it skipped and I can see that it skipped two super chats. So I'm going to re I'm going to grab these two super chats, Zach, but to chase and Joseph, I'm sorry. I can't put your, your comment slash question on the screen. We'll make it up to you somehow. Chase jumped in with a $2 donation. He says, feels good to talk about an actual move not a rumor. Chase Wellner, we appreciate you, dog. And I agree with him. It's good to have something to sink our, te- our, sink our teeth into, right? Some meat. This is why I was saying this is my favorite time of the year, Chad. All the different moves and all the different rumors coming out. And in the NFL nowadays, free agency even happens before it's scheduled to happen. It happens in the weeks upcoming when deals can't be formally uh, signed, but they can be agreed to. Joseph Carson Jr. on Super Chat jumped in with a $14.20 donation. Thank you, Joseph. Thank you. He says, I finally pulled the trigger on one of those hats just now. My dog, attaboy. Can't wait to get it. Thank you, Chad, Zach, Nick, Carl, Eric, Lance, and anyone else behind the scenes. An exciting time to be a Bronco fan. I think that's true, Zach. I mean, you've got the the quarterback position ostensibly solved, and now you're plugging holes, and it's a great time of year, our favorite time of the year, where we're – you know, we're talking about building the roster, looking at free agent moves, trades, the draft. It is a great time to be a Broncos fan. And I think you're going to like the hat as well. I mean, I'm not even trying to flex right now. It's very well made. It's very high quality. It's it's a nice, you know, snapback hat. So if you enjoy it, let us know. Send us a picture. We'll be sure to uh, promote that for you. Okay, guys, we're uh, running out of time for tonight. And anyone we missed tonight, question-wise, hey, circle back because tomorrow night is the mile high mailbag and we will let our hair down and get as much of your questions as possible. So let's jump to these super chats that are patiently awaiting slightly above average jumped in $5 donation. Appreciate you. you. says, I've heard a lot about Denver going after Melvin Gordon. Think that's even an option with Lindsay as our guy. I think it's a ridiculous notion, but Mike Kliss put it out there for a reason, Zach. And what I'm trying to figure out here is, is it a smoke screen? Are they trying to camouflage? Are they trying to obfuscate, something else they're trying to hide you know a little misinformation a little smoke screen because they're thinking something else i i hate the idea it's not that i don't think melvin gordon would be wouldn't be a good player or great player in this offense i mean who wouldn't want to have a melvin gordon as a running back right but i don't like the idea of paying a running back a uh that's not that didn't come up through your own homegrown ranks and b i really think you would be remiss to not Enter the 2020 season, Zach, with Philip Lindsay as the tip of the spear from in your rushing game. I really think that's that'd be a mistake. You know, I'll take it a step further, Chad, to piggyback off what you said. I, I wouldn't think Melvin Gordon would be a good fit in this scheme. He's injury prone. He has tread on his tires. He wants to be highly paid. He has kind of a bad personality. You don't want one of those guys. You have your game breaker who's removed from a Pro Bowl two years ago. He was a thousand yard guy two years in a row. He has game busting ability. He's your number one guy. Go draft a running back or two. You have a Royce Freeman still. Don't spend money on a Melvin Gordon, any other retread veteran running back. You have a young stable on offense. Don't poison that with players who are only in it to be mercenaries, only in it for money and being highly paid. I don't want Melvin Gordon in the least. Amen. Get one in the draft. There's there are going to be plenty, plenty of options. Yes. Edward, 
we're stunned. Wow. It blows it <laughs> when we, I mean, this, this is phenomenal to, you know, I, I, it's truly humbling to show that kind of support to the show and to the channel. And all I can tell you, Edward, is it means the world to us and we love you, bro. It's, it's, there's no words for it. we, every time we get one of these donations, it just blows us away to the point where we literally are at a loss for words. We're stunned and we appreciate it seriously from the bottom of our hearts. Thank you so much, Edward. Dude, I remember, this is a quick little anecdote. Okay. I remember when I took over myself and, and uh, Luke Polglaze who helped on the podcast a few years back, like right after the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 50. And I took over lockdown Broncos for a short term and I'm not going to give dollar figures because I don't want to uh, betray that network or cast dispersions or anything. But suffice to say, it was peanuts, okay? We worked daily on the podcast, going daily for about a four-month period, every single day podcast on Lockdown Broncos. And I'll just tell you this, for one month's worth of podcasting every day, it was less than what Edward's showing us right now in love right here. And to the point where I said, you know what? Screw that. We're going to do Huddle Up Podcast. We're going to do our own thing. I'm not doing Lockdown Broncos. I'm doing Huddle Up Podcast. We've put in the work. we put in the time, giving you daily content. And for you to show us back this kind of love, it means the world to us. I mean, when Chad, when Chad and I were talking about taking the pod to a daily pod and taking it to a live pod, we in our wildest dreams, we didn't think we would get this support and these kind of donations and contributions. And uh, there's no other words other than to say, and I can speak for Chad when I say this, it, it, we appreciate it from the very bottom of our core of our hearts. Thank you so much, guys. Not to be lost in the shuffle, Edward's actual question is he says, hey, guys, love the show. Keep up the good work. What players on defense should we get in free agency? Also, what do you think of the Bouye trade? So, Edward, we uh, my grade on the Bouye trade is a B plus. Could could end up be it's B plus A minus range. Okay, I really like it. There's only a few things that bother me, and the main thing is how come his production dropped off a cliff last year? That's what bothers me. But I'm encouraged because he is a scheme fit for Fangio, and Fangio believes in him. He believes in the Broncos. He wanted to come here, and 13 million for a year for a number one corner. That's good value, Zach, and you only gave up a fourth rounder. Basically, you traded away a locker room cancer in Emmanuel Sanders. All due respect to his contributions to the to Broncos canon. You traded away a locker room cancer and ended up getting a number one corner out of it. It's good stuff. If there's a term for being in between a B and a B plus, that's where I'm at. And I will say, if the Broncos use the money they save from not going after a Byron Jones or not re-signing Chris Harris Jr. to get a Showbert or get a Corey Littleton, that grade would go to an A for me. But right now, it's a solid B with the chance to progress higher than that. This is a question we 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 get every once in a while, and we understand it. You wonder how come Zach went from being 100% Broncos coverage to doing a lot of stuff with the Cowboys. It's a long story that I don't want to derail the podcast at this point. We're 47 minutes in. But just suffice to say that uh, when we left our last spot at 24-7 Sports, we didn't know what the future would hold. And so that's one of the jobs Zach took to keep the keep his lights on and whatnot, is working heavy and as a lead NFL writer. And when you're a lead NFL writer for any media company, you're going to spend a lot of time writing about and covering the, or the Cowboys. Yeah, they, it, to say they're America's team, it's not just a cliche. That's what I've learned. I have no affiliation or interest or devotion or, or emotional investment in the Cowboys, but uh, another commenter said that covering the Cowboys pays the bills. That's the best way I can explain my involvement with them. Yeah. Uh, my heart is still with the Broncos, but I say my brain sometimes with the Cowboys. That's another way to put it. Ron jumps in with a $2 donation. We love you, Ron. Thank you, Ron. You've got a shirt coming your way, yep. by the way. So Tomorrow, and 
it'll be there tomorrow on in time for the uh, mailbag podcast. There you go, bro. Make sure you send us a, a selfie. We want to see that. He says, do you see Watkins or Cobb coming to Denver? Cobb, mm, I could see Cobb, not so much Sammy Watkins. I, I assume you're talking about Sammy Watkins, right, Ron? But I could see Randall Cobb coming, and we've talked about him before, Zach, as a low-key, interesting option slash fit for this team. A guy you can work on the outside and in the slot. I think you, I mean, you got a pretty up close look at him last yeah. year in Dallas. I think he's still got enough twitch left in him to still make an impact, not as your number one or even necessarily number two guy, but imagine the role Deshaun Hamilton had with the team down the stretch. You replace him with a Randall Cobb, you see that production go through the roof. And he's a solid return man as well, and that can help the Broncos out and on special teams. So Randall Cobb, a guy you can get for five, six million a year. You don't have to break the bank and come in and be that slot guy. He has some speed. He had a big bounce back season in Dallas last year, so there's still left. There's still some gas left in his tank. I would not be opposed to that move at all, but I would not want it to preclude the Broncos from taking a rugs in the first round or CD Land. They still need that young upside wide receiver too. Cobb is not that. Travis Lewis jumps in on Super Chat with a $5 donation. We thank, thank you, Travis. You. That means a ton to us, bro. He says, hi, guys. Zach, that hat is bad, A-double-S. Thank you. Do you guys think Denver should try for Teddy Bridgewater as a reliable backup in case things go south? Thoughts? Travis, here's what you got to ask yourself when it comes to Teddy. And, again, thank you for the support, bro. Do you really want a guy who's just hankering, just dying to be a starter, coming in and affecting the – equation in that locker room anyone questioning i mean he's a former first round pick let's not forget drew lock was a second round do you want to create any kind of dynamic where drew lock is not the guy and that's one of the questions first and foremost teddy bridgewater is not going to want to come to denver zach he's he's going to sign somewhere who's going to promise him starter money and give him a starter's job in a perfect world who wouldn't want to have teddy bridgewater as your qb2 but this is a kind of delicate not to make it sound like Drew Locke is some child that needs to be babied, but you do have to be cognizant and considerate of kind of the political ramifications of some of these roster moves you make. Bringing in a guy like Teddy Bridgewater, who is so publicly wants to be a QB1, it doesn't send the right message to your locker room, and it doesn't send the right message to Drew Locke. Perfectly said, Chad. I, I will say that there's no chance of Bridgewater coming to Denver. He's going to get a, a starting job somewhere. He's going to be a very highly priced quarterback. But even if he would come to Denver as a backup for $3 million, I wouldn't want him here. And that's crazy to think. I just don't. It would be one snap away from the, oh, should Bridgewater start? How soon until Locke loses his job? We don't want any of those narratives, those storylines, those headlines this season. It is firmly Drew Locke's job. And that's why I want the Brandon Allens of the world, the Trevor Simeons of the world, the Brett Rippins of the world. That's why I want them as the backup and not the Bridgewaters or the Keenums or the Flaccos. It is Locke's team, Locke's offense, and let it be completely his, 100%. No distractions, no looking over his shoulder. Amen to that. Nishan jumps in with a $1 donation on Super Thank Chat. You, Thank you, Nishan. That, that means the world to us, and it's good to see you. Joseph on Super Chat. He, appreciate you, Joseph. He says, jumping on late again because of work, but what can we expect from Bouye? If he doesn't work out, how much money would we lose if we cut him next year? Thanks again, guys. You rock. Listen up, bro. The Broncos, unless they give him a new deal, there's no guaranteed money. It's a it's a year-to-year proposition. But I've reached out. I've talked to people. The Broncos believe that in Fangio and Donatel's embrace, Bouye can return to Pro Bowl form. And if that's the case, you know, he's a very instinctive – he's good at setting up quarterbacks in that zone scheme where – 
He can bait them into bad decisions. He's a, he is a ball hawk, even though the, these last two years he's only had one interception each year. But look at that 2017 season. Look at that 2016 season. That's the form the Broncos think they can get him back to. And I I don't think it's a stretch. He's still only 28 years old. I think you know bringing him into one of the two best defensive coaches in the NFL – there's a there's a good reason to be optimistic. Yeah, I don't think they brought him in as a as a band aid or as a rental cornerback. Chad, I think they brought him in with the idea of giving him a second contract, maybe even a two year deal down the road. But I think they brought him in for the long term. This is a guy like Chad mentioned, still 28. He's not over the hill just yet. I think he's still in the twilight of his prime. He still has a lot left to offer, so he can be a number one guy, a number two guy at worst for at least you know two, three, four more years. I don't think the Broncos traded for him for just one year alone. All right, let's grab these remaining super chats, guys, and then we got to get out of here for tonight. Sean jumps in on super chat with a twenty dollars wow, donation. Sean. Wow, thank you, Sean. He says, "Hey guys, appreciate all you do for Broncos country. Appreciate you." After the Bouye trade, what do you guys think is the next top positional priority? Another corner or defensive line? Any chance Wolf comes back and maybe DJ Reader? Thanks. Yeah, because. DJ Reader's a nose tackle. I mean, he can play anywhere on the D-line, but he's 350 pounds. That's a nose tackle slash defensive tackle. You need a defensive end, starting caliber, and you let Jones and Demarcus Walker kind of figure out who's going to be that other one. You could get by with that, but you need to lock down one of those starting D-N positions and the nose tackle. Depending on what Wolf's looking for, I think it could get done. Again, guys, John Elway had $30 million in cap space in 2014, okay? And he still got DeMarcus Ware. TJ Ward, Akib Talib, Emmanuel Sanders. So where there's a will, there's a way. Creative caps are. There's all kinds of different ways to defer payments and defer cap charges. And the Broncos can basically be Zach with the money they're poised to have as aggressive as they want to be. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think it's a reach at all. I think it's actually a pretty good chance that Broncos can bring in Reader and Derek Wolf. Think about they're losing probably Shelby Harris and Adam Gotts. That's two starting caliber defensive linemen, or two starting defensive linemen, actually. You have to replace both of them. They have the cap space. Uh, and this is why they brought in Rich Hurtado, Chad. I think the reason for that was to structure these deals, knowing they're going to be active in free agency and structuring them so it doesn't torpedo the cap. But definitely, I would say it's more than 50-50. They can bring in Derek Wolf and DJ Reader and just load up that defense defense and just focus on offense almost exclusively in the draft. Edward, hit us up, milehighhuddle at gmail.com. We'll need your personal deets, your shipping address, and we will absolutely get you a hat. And when you get that hat, make sure you place a selfie or in that picture there of your YouTube profile. So reach out, milehighhuddle at gmail. Okay, guys, a couple more. Sorry to rush it at the end here. Um we just been on long, and tomorrow night we'll have plenty of time to get to everybody. Let me just make sure I'm not missing anyone else. And for anyone who wants a hat, I know we got a question about that, huddleuppod.com. Go and get you one. Huddleuppod.com. Our friends Discount Audio and Wheels, D-A-W, jumps in with a $20 donation on Super Chat. Awesome. He says, great work, fellas. Can you see a lot of vet defensive free agents looking at Denver due to the Fangio system since we are looking like a team on the rise? I believe the second wave of free agents may work in our favor too. It's interesting that you bring that up, DAW, because A.J. Bouye, according to him, he, he's been paying close attention to the Broncos, not just because Fangio, but Drew Locke made him yeah. sit up and take notice of what's happening in Denver. And the same can be said across the NFL. I mean, people are now – the Drew Locke has elevated, not just because they went 4-1, and one, okay, but how he did it, that – fun-loving, Brett Favre-esque, just pure joy and love of the game mixed with the swagger and the confidence and the 
then you bring the talent to the table and you bring the W's to the table. The league is paying attention. That's a recruiting tool, Zach, first and foremost. And yes, what he's saying here, it's a draw for defensive guys to come play in Denver because Vic Fangio's reputation, a lot of guys want to play with him, especially if they've crossed paths with him in the in, in the past. I mean, look at why Pat Shermer took the Broncos job instead of other jobs. Drew Locke. They have those draws now. They have a, a highly respected coaching staff, the defensive mastermind, and they have that young, hotshot, gunslinging franchise quarterback. Those are very sexy qualities to have if you're an NFL franchise, and the Broncos do possess those in spades, and that's why you're going to see more free agents. They're not going to give up millions of dollars to sign with Denver like they would maybe with Kansas City, but they would be interested in playing the Fangio or catching passes from Drew Locke. That's the power of having those two pieces those two components in place james jumps back in on super chat thank you james thank you james i'm worried about all the draft talk it seems everyone thinks we will draft for need and that's how teams f themselves (laughs) wait all right yeah need to draft the best player available well it's one of the misnomers james we don't have time to go completely down this rabbit hole but all nfl teams on some level or another they believe it or not do draft for need all right on some level or another to one degree or another The key, James, is going into the draft with as many of your roster holes filled, your immediate needs filled as possible through free agency to allow you to be more disciplined to your board and not be as susceptible to reaching and and making the wrong decision on draft day. I wouldn't worry about it. Basically, this entire offseason, it's all about putting the finishing touches on the rebuild and attacking 2020 with a true, sincere expectation of, of competing. And the good thing is where the Broncos are sitting at 15, they can draft best player available and draft for need by drafting a CD Lamb, by drafting a Ruggs or a Judy. They can have their cake and eat it too in the first round this year. It's just in terms of the players they want to scout and and the the direction they want to go with that first round pick. But we have to have optimism and confidence, Chad, considering how Elway has just knocked the last two draft classes out of the park. I think he finally knows what he's doing now and he finally knows the player kind of quality of prospect he wants to get. And uh, I have confidence to make the right move this season as well. Buana jumps in real quick. He says, before we end, I wanted to thank all the people in the chat and the mile high crew as well. Y'all, you all helped me through tough times more than, you know, go Broncos. And we will, because he is not here. Stu. Yeah. <laughs> Where's Stu? Where's our dog? Yeah. We love you. Buana beast. You're a yeah. big part of the community here in the, in the podcast in it on the channel at mile high huddle and just MHH and commenting on the site at milehighhuddle.com. You know we love you and we appreciate you. Uh, Tommy, two more guys, then we're getting out of here. Jumps on. Uh, super chat. Appreciate you, Tommy. Tommy Brohanna. <laughs> yeah. He says, hey, guys, first time donating. Love the show. I was just wondering how long do you think A.J. Johnson will be a part of our core? He's already 28. So that's the one fly in the ointment with A.J. is that he lost four years of his playing career due to that court case in which he was acquitted of rape charges, right? But that was a serious uh allegation it was a serious criminal charge and he had to fully face that he couldn't play it was there was no getting around it so that's the only fly in the ointment with aj but i think he's going to be here through the entirety of his prime yeah uh and that means probably until his early 30s he's going to finish i think next year he'll be an rfa so they'll tender him as an rfa in 2021 we'll see what happens with the new cba and whatnot but i think he'll get an i think he'll get a second contract with the broncos 
after that, we'll see how he's playing, you know, into his early 30s. You know what, though? Considering the fact he wasn't playing football for those four years, Chad, he should be well-rested, and he should be, you know, seem like a 24-year-old right now instead That's of a 28-year-old. So the Broncos, I think, have at least three more quality seasons of him as a starter. And I give Elway a lot of credit for being that guy to take a chance on. Like you mentioned, Chad, the high-profile rape case, and he was a great player at Tennessee, and the Broncos took a chance on him and got a very, very athletic, good, run-thumping dinosaur inside linebacker. And I mean that in the best possible way, and not a Todd Davis-type dinosaur. And for what it's worth, this is something John always talked about as a former player. You know, the biggest thing is players' age, yes. Naturally, they're going to use some lose some of their twitch, some of their explosiveness. The biggest thing, though, and the, the, the most immediate uh, detriment to their career is that they don't heal as fast. And football is such a violent sport. Nobody, I mean, by week four of their NFL season, virtually nobody who plays is healthy. Right. They're all dealing with some kind of an injury. And so part of the art, part of the magic of sustaining an NFL career is being able to recover, fight through, fight and play through injury. And the older you get, it's just biology. That's just the way it works. It takes longer to recover from even the most minor Injuries. All right, last one here, guys, from Nishan jumps back in with a $2 donation. Thank, Thank you, you Nishan. Who's better, Josh Norman or Prince of Prince. It's Prince, and here's why. First of all, neither one of us like Josh Norman. Second of all, Prince has proven that he can play and is a fit in Fangio's scheme. Plus, he doesn't have the attitude concerns. He doesn't have the baggage of Josh Norman. I don't want that for a guy who's, I think, 32 or whatever. He's over the hill. He's not anywhere close to what he was at a time. But in Mukamara, you'd be getting a guy who knows the system. I think he's a better athletic fit for the system. He'd be cheaper, I think, and wouldn't make those waves. So all the way, print over Josh Norman for me. Guys, we went over an hour tonight, and it felt like five minutes. Right. We, it was a breeze. We loved every second of it. Reminder, Make sure you head on over to huddleuppod.com if you want to get yourself one of these hats, one of the Mile High Huddle State of Being hoodies, one of these shirts, football priests. There's a lot of different options, and more will be continued to be added to the site as we move forward. Huddle Up Pod, not to be confused with podcast, huddleuppod.com. Check that out, you guys, when you get some time. And then make sure you're following the show on Twitter, at huddleuppod, right? At Mile High Huddle. And then do not forget, you guys, this is crucial to follow my partner here, Zach Kelberman on Twitter, at Kelberman NFL, myself, at Chad N. Jensen. And then stay tuned. We'll be back in the saddle same time tomorrow night for the Mile High Mailbag, our favorite episode of each and every week's podcast, 615 Mountain, 815 Eastern. Until then, Zach, my brother, have a good night. You as well, Chad. Looking forward to tomorrow as always. See you guys tomorrow. See you tomorrow. Edward, reach out to me on uh, on Google, on Gmail. Mile High Huddle at Gmail will get you a hat. Shout out to, and a Mile High salute to all of our Super Chat superstars. We will be shouting you out on Twitter at the Huddle Up Pod account immediately following the show. Love you all. See you tomorrow night. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, 
infertile, impotent, Joe Biden, and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 